This is Life Elsewhere, created and hosted by Norman B. My guest is Barry Snaith. Barry is a gentleman we've had on the program a number of times because, one, he's a really interesting musician. And two, I like talking to Barry because he has a lot of interesting things to say. You know Barry from the Inconsistent Jukebox and also M1NK. And Barry has a new project that we're going to talk about. Barry Snaith, welcome back to Life Elsewhere. Hi, Norman. Lovely to be here. See you again. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to see you, Barry. I see you're in your your striped Matalo t-shirt there, looking very dapper. <laughs> yes, this goes back a long way. In fact, it always reminds me of um, Alex Harvey. Yes, I yeah, was Alex about Harvey to say, band. yes. That's yes. how he dressed, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I was just going to say, was... that's, that's one of the greatest t- old grey whistle test performances. Yes, yes. You remember we... next? Absolutely. We could go off on a tangent here. One thing I've got to say about the Alex Harvey band is that that is probably one of the most underrated bands of that period. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he was under the radar, weren't they? And they really shouldn't have been. And and they were loved as a live act, weren't they? But how original was he? And what a voice. Yes. an amazing voice and a character. Did you ever get to see them live? I saw them live, yeah. Yes. I saw them live. I thought, absolutely brilliant. I remember yeah. the, the, the thing I was referring to there was they were on the old grey was the test. And if you remember it, they were doing um, Jacques Brel's Next. Yes. That's what it was, wasn't it? Yes. And they had a string section sitting almost like in, in the pews at the side. And yes. they all had stockings pulled down. Oh, be, yes. Like, yeah. like robbers. They just yeah. looked at it, so the whole thing was really menacing. Then you've got the guitar players, Al Clemenson, dressed as a clown. Yes. Because he always dressed as a clown, didn't he, with makeup Yes. On. So you've got the striking Alex Harvey in his, in his black and white top, um, looking like some kind of criminal with a clown behind him. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, and robbers playing the... Um, the, uh, the Violin. The, and I remember, I've been out with my, my mates, came in, put the old grey whistle test on. And this is at my parents' house. I'm still living at my parents' Of course. House. Probably, what, 14, 15, something like that. Um, and, and he was singing, um, yeah, Next, the lyrics of the, the English lyrics of Next. But when it got to the line, I swear on the wet head of my first taste of gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> my dad dived across the television and says, you're not watching this. Yes. <laughs> but that was off within seconds. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I don't even think I saw the full performance till a few years later. But that was that's one of the great performances by anyone. Not because of not because of the subject matter, but I mean it's no no. Yeah. It is it, it's a menacing song in the first place, isn't it? Dark right. song. Jacques yeah. Brel singing about being in the army as a kid and the horrors of of, of all of that. Yes. Um, yeah, that was one of the first, I don't know, to, songs to paint a menacing picture when you think of, say, Nick Cave nowadays. Right. He's got to have been influenced by some... some oh, absolutely, like yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and around the, the, the other bands around, they've just been sort of lightweight, pop and, and middle-of-the-road rock acts, weren't they? They were great. 
Great fun. Great, great fun. Good memories. I'm glad we talked about that. Good memories. Barry Snaith, the inconsistent jukebox, M1, NK, and a new project. Let's talk about that. The new project is a documentary. Let's call it a video documentary. Um, And it's about and concerning the, the access to knowledge yeah, the access to knowledge, um, what's the word? What's the word? You, you tell me, I don't know. What, what? What's, why would you describe Julian Assange? Activist. Activist. Oh, sorry, yeah, you can edit there that. There you go. Ag- <laughs> agitator, yes. Edit, agitator, yeah. Access to knowledge, agitator. Um, provocateur. Provocateur, that's the word I was looking for. Definitely provocateur. In the, the scourge of governments. That's actually a quote about Carl. So Carl Malamud, who dedicates all of his, all of his, all of his life, all of his time to gaining access to knowledge, freedom of knowledge for people that that should be free and isn't free. And so he's not afraid to take governments to court or or to accept the lawsuits that are going to be incurred uh, for the thing that he believes in, which I think is a wonderful thing. So um, how did you get involved with Carl in the first place? We have a mutual friend. Um, and the mutual friend... Well, Carl initially set up the first internet radio broadcast. The very first. Mm. And... He was aided and abetted by this guy called Marty Lucas. Now, Marty um, contacted me. I'd worked with Marty before. Marty contacted me asking if I'd be interested in working on the soundtrack for this project. They were after a particular particular style of sound, Um, kind of an espionage feel for, for the piece. So I, I got all my John Barry shops ready. Um, and yeah, yeah, um, I, I think they, they had something like that in mind. And so did I. And so it just, that's how it originally started. Marty had been working with Carl and still is and always has been. Um, invited me in and then it became a bigger thing than just one piece of music from that point onwards. But um I, I, I love the principle of, of the thing from the very beginning. You know, it's um, he's a very altruistic guy. In fact, the whole thing is an altruistic thing, isn't it? Putting all your resources and all your time into, into activism and into something that's a worthy cause. And it's probably a dry subject because it could be about access to, say, medical documents or access to... Plans, you know, building plans and so forth. It, it could be, um, it could be anything really. It could be anything at all. But things that people were having, to, finding that they were having to buy, when really they shouldn't have been having to spend money on these things. Well, Carl's been involved in putting things online for the Smithsonian Institute, for the American government, and so forth, against their wishes. Initially. Well, yes. Right. But then they've they then they've kind of seen 
seeing the light, I suppose. I have to be very careful about a lot of the things that I do say because I'd, I'd hate Carl to have another lawsuit against him just because of stuff <laughs> Right. Understood. Yeah. Barry, why don't we play a cut to give my listeners an understanding musically of what we're talking about? Well, I suppose the, 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 the best one to play would be Open Access Ninja because that is the title and that was the initial song um, and it was only ever meant to be one piece. Things went so well that um, that one piece became the, the, enti the entire soundtrack. Let's play it, Open Access Ninja, and then we'll talk about it, the making of it, and anything else you want to add. This is Open Access Ninja, the A2K. This is Life Elsewhere. Findable, accessible, interoperable, reusable. Black frog crows flocking in to volunteer. So hold my beer. Open access ninja. Tinker, improve it, hack it, or fix it. Inquire, create, unpack it, remix it. Not just a consumer, or just another user. Like Dale D, start making it here. Just like this beer. Open access engine. Free as in freedom And free as in fear Software is my transporter It's mine alone to steer Black Thomas's take on a Pilsner Open access ninja Open access ninja Open access ninja Open access ninja DRM doesn't respect me DRM doesn't really manage right DRM doesn't really matter Fill my decanter with open access ninja. Source, pay no remorse, but it's 
not the force, no, it's not gold. And thank you for your many contributions, but you're not the only one. We all gotta find a way to get it done. We all got our own rope to persevere. But first, let's have a beer. Open access ninja. Here's to A2K. A2K. Here's to A2K. Access to knowledge. A2K. Access to knowledge is a human right. Is a human right. A to K. A to K. Access to knowledge is a human right. Is a human if you're just joining us, my guest is Barry Snaith. He has a new project called the A2K. We just heard Open Access Ninja. Let's delve into this, Barry. Tell us about that song. Well, Open Access Ninja is, as I was saying, that's the t- that is the official title of the video documentary about cars and it's a message really the whole video of the documentary is more of a message about what he does and what maybe he's trying to influence other people into doing as well open access ninja is what people call car because the thing is fighting for is open access open access. access to knowledge and the, uh, and the ninja part is because he will get in there by stealth. And he'll get in there by stealth, and then all of a sudden he's in the face of these establishments and these governments and so forth. Um, so, yeah, that became his his nickname. Yeah. And, and a worthy one, too. And a fitting one, too. He's a really nice guy. Really friendly guy. Um, never stops, like you, like me. Um, permanently on the go. I sometimes wonder if he actually sleeps. <laughs> yes. Then again, yeah. you know, do we? <laughs> yeah. No. I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sleep and, is a kind of kind of a second thought, really, isn't it? I. I, I think. Well, it is. Yeah. 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 Sleep. Sleep. Something that you uh, end up having to do when you can't finish the thing that you were doing in the first exactly <laughs> wow so well put barry that is so well put yes i think that's true though isn't it yeah it, yeah. it certainly know, is even though we know we shouldn't be doing it yes 
don't you have the, you know, the, the cliche is life's too short. Let's go off on a tangent just a moment about sleep, because I'm guessing you're like me, as, we, as you just said. But do you sleep well when you do sleep? Do you have, have an enjoyable sleep? Yeah, I sleep really well. Yeah. 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 Now, right there, the second my head hits the pillow. Yes. No matter what hang-ups I've had, uh, what the problems are, yeah, I'm out like a lot. Are you the same? Absolutely. But I tell you the other thing, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm just wondering about this. I have the most vivid dreams. I have dreams that I do not want to stop. Almost every night I have the most fabulous dreams. Me too. I wonder, if, I wonder why that is. Then. Me too. I wonder if that's because we've left it till the very last minute and we've been so busy doing, creating, that we, that we can't stop doing that one. Because <laughs> when yeah. you're asleep, really, your brain is still active, obviously. Yes, um, yes. And so, and it has to be active, doesn't it? Because if it wasn't, we'd be dead. Exactly. <laughs> true, exactly. And so talking, be, yeah. and and talking about that, and I and I and I really wasn't sure that we would come come to this because we can we can circle around back around and talk about Carl and talk about what you're doing with the new project. Yeah. But the word death has come into our our sphere in sort of torrents recently some major major musical artists have, have passed away charlie watts, charlie watts lee you, scratch you, perry you know yes you know people that have been such important parts of our lives don everly you know um yeah, it's just well, been and the horrible thing is and i i've had conversations about this is that we're now at that point in time where naturally people of a certain age are going to start passing away in some respects it's wonderful because we now can just celebrate the wonderful uh, artistic inputs that so many people have had that we've looked up to but the other thing is it also represents that we're getting older <laughs> absolutely true isn't it but also it's don't you feel like is is it is that era gone is it going now? That's the question. David yeah, David Bowie's death. That's the I question. Think, I think his death was the sign that that era of music is gone. Um, and I think we've talked about this before, how is music as important to the generation now as it was to our generation and so forth? I'm not sure it is, and I think, is it because it's on tap? It's now on tap, isn't it? Yes. And so uh, there was an interview um, on, I can't remember what it was on, and it was with the, the, the Greenwood guy from uh, Radiohead. There's um, Johnny Greenwood. Oh, Johnny Greenwood, yeah. His brother is in Radiohead too, isn't it? Right, right, yes, and yes, yes. Colin, I think it's Colin. Anyway, Colin. He, he, he was being interviewed. And they were talking about music, and he said, <laughs> he said, I don't think I've listened to any new music this year because I haven't gotten to so much out there that I haven't got the time to do it. Yeah. Maybe he hasn't because he's in a band and they're writing and they're all part of that thing of being a music fan. They're one of the, they're a band who people are fans of. So he hasn't got the time, but then he, and he said, I wish 
that there'd been a, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but something like I wish there'd been a rule that all music had to end. No more music written after 2010. <laughs> something, something like that. Yes. Because it's too much. I mean, yes. isn't that a, that's a sorry state, though, isn't it? That we, that we could even think that. But it's true, there is too much. It's can't. very true. And I'm glad that you, again, you mentioned that, Barry, because you, as you know, I do a weekly music show yeah. and I get sent such a lot of music. I mean, you just I mean I get files <laughs> upon files. Yeah, and, yeah and, and and I don't know how I do it. Honestly, I don't because I also read. I I get sent books because I do on my on my other show I I do interviews with authors. Yeah. And I don't this this goes this circles back to Carl and it circles back to you and I about the time we spend during the day. I don't know. I just think we live in a wonderful time where there's so much stuff. There's so much available. And then there's all the stuff from the past that of we can enjoy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So we've got all that already. And then we can dip into yeah. wealth of, of, of information. Yeah. Now, not, not just information. That's not maybe not the right word. But a, a wealth, a, a cornucopia of, of art and, and history and knowledge and music. There is so much, isn't there? And it's, yeah. not, it's nothing to grumble about, is it? <laughs> not at all. Yeah. In fact, I would go as far as saying, Barry, that it surprises me that more people aren't making music and arts and writing or whatever, considering the yeah. access to just how to do it so simply and so easily in some respects. It's just yeah. a question yeah. of doing it. Yeah, but I, also, I often think as well, the scary thing about that is that the access to a desire for instant fame. Yeah, oh, there, there's that. Yeah. There really is, isn't there? Yes. And not necessarily by any merit. Yes. By yeah. any, any uh, no. skill or art or, or originality or creativity. It's, it's fame for its own sake well you know once upon a time you you had to serve an apprenticeship to do whatever it is you wanted to do my father was a printer at the times of london and he served a six-year apprenticeship think about that six years of getting paid virtually nothing to learn your craft to learn your skill yeah wow yeah that won't happen there will it i don't think that goes, the printing thing goes back to Carl as well, because um, he, he, he is a, not, not an acolyte or a follower, but an admirer of the, the life and philosophies of, of Gandhi. Ah, yes. And of course, Gandhi was a printer. Yes. That's what he did. He, you know, yes. to, to give access of information to people, he created his own printing press. And, and Carl said to me, I think this was our first meeting, and Carl said, with no sense of irony or, or meaning it to be funny, said, yeah, Gandhi sucked at typesetting. That's, that's not really a phrase you hear very often, is it? No. no. <laughs> but no. hey, yeah, yeah, so he, he did his apprenticeship. So let's talk about the recordings. Let's, uh, we, we just, uh, the first one we just heard... 
which uh, open access ninja let's mm. let's talk about just how that came about the actual recordings and, and talk about the recording process right well that came about by what came first was the music and the music was because the theme open access ninja so ninja and the intrigue of what was to come of the, of the film and so forth and so marty had said could you do a kind of espionage sound now i'm an absolute lover of john barry lalo Schifrin, you know the the guys who did the soundtracks for for bullet um and um the press file and so forth yeah, yeah. And all, all those films just absolutely brilliant soundtracks film movie soundtracks which i love anyway movie soundtracks and so the uh, the initial idea was uh, uh, was an, an instrumental um with that sense of intrigue that sense of menace without it being derivative um and just trying to almost trying to follow the brief, and then of course, um, and, that, which, and which I did, I did all of the um, all of the music and all of the playing. And as I'm a guitarist, really, I'm a guitar player. I've played guitar since I was a young kid. To slightly go off on a tangent, I was a young whiz kid guitarist. So when I learned how to play guitar, of course, I was a fan of Hendrix. But the guy that really turned me on to um, guitar playing was Bill Nelson from Bebop Deluxe. Oh, of course. Yeah. And yes. So, yeah. My first band, we used to do um, Bebop Deluxe songs, Bill Nelson songs, and I used to try and emulate him. He was a real genius on the guitar, um, fantastic player of that time and of that ilk. And he kind of denied his guitar hero status. Pretty soon afterwards, he didn't want that. He didn't want it. He wanted to be thought of as a serious artist, not a not just a guitar player. Right, yeah. So they he went in a totally different direction after that. So as a guitar player, there isn't very much guitar on that track at all. Guitar something added later on to give it a an espionage feel, because sometimes you can use the guitar to give that feel around, which is what we did. And then the words came about. Marty, who I'd worked with before as a let's say, a, a narrator. Right. Music before, and I'd, I'd, I'd drawn Marty in to narrate some music that I was involved in. And so that was the idea that Marty would be doing a kind of, let's say, a, a Raymond Chandler voiceover for the movie soundtrack, for the imaginary movie soundtrack, you know, of this, of this uh, film noir. And that was the idea. And then the words came about from, I suppose, from, from Carl's thoughts and philosophies and his directions. And so that's where that side came about. Marty pieced together what's a kind of a, a difficult subject, isn't it, to, to describe. A lot of people won't even think about um, th these things that go on in the background, part of. And so it's a difficult subject, but... The fact that it's a difficult subject, I thought, lent more intrigue to the song. So I think you can hear the song. Hopefully, this is what I think. I think you can hear the song and not have the slightest idea necessarily what it's about. And only later on, it once you realise what it's associated with, does it make sense? And isn't 
a lot of the best music like that anyway? I think it is. Ooh. I think it is, Barry. I think that's often the perfect way to listen to music because I think sometimes, yeah. you know, if you if you listen... I was listening to to a nineteenth nervous breakdown the other day because I was I was listening out for how Charlie Watts played the drums yeah, and you know I I don't know that I'd ever listened to nineteenth nervous breakdown that intently before and I'm listening to the words and I said of course it dawned on me I mean it's all about Marianne Faithful and her mother and her breakdowns. And I mean, literally, you know, her emotional breakdowns and, her, but I had not listened to it after all these years. Yes. I mean, the chorus I knew very well, but the well, words, the yeah. Intent and the meaning. Around exactly. It, yeah. and, don't, and don't we do that so often? Um, in fact, I do it all the time. I think yeah. for me, it's the, it's the sound and the feel that the music gives you. And yeah. And, and it's also sometimes the sound of the words without necessarily knowing what they are about. Whereas some people are the opposite, aren't they? Some people, that's everything to them. They have to know what the song's about to get the yes. feel. Yes. Like. Erica's like that. Erica Barker, Lola Demo, who, who's the other... Um, yes, your partner in, in, in crime in... Yes, yeah. Yeah, in M1NK. And she's more like that. She has to have the, the the feeling and the emotion from the song, from the lyrics of the song, and a sense of understanding. And right. I don't, I don't have to have that. I don't have to yeah. have that. I think the feel comes from the music for me. It comes from the music, which is why I'm a huge fan of the Cocteau Twins um, and Dead Can Dance. Do you know Dead Can Dance? Of course, they, yes, yeah. They, of course, they make up their own. Language, yes, yeah, isn't that like opera? Isn't it like, like English? Absolutely, absolutely. You don't yeah. need to know what it's about. And sometimes when you see the translation, it's so mundane, yeah. It's so mundane that if they actually sang that in English, you would think, Oh my goodness, what a, what a lot of toss, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, so, and so that's my long way around skirting around what open access ninja, how that came about, and what the recording process was. And, and then we brought in um, this guy called Tad Robinson, who's a yes. New York blues artist, very well established, very well respected, a brilliant voice. We just brought him in, well, Marty brought him in, just to give it that bit of soul. And again, because it's a dry subject, it can be quite cold. Um, maybe like espionage <laughs> is a cold subject, isn't it? Oh, cold yeah. water. And so I think I think Tad actually brought in some humanity there. <laughs> Let me remind my listeners, I'm talking to Barry Snaith. His new project is called the A2K. We heard Open Access Ninja. Barry's also been involved with the Inconsistent Jukebox and M1NK with Erica Bark. Let's play another cut, Barry. This one is called Do make your bread this is the a2k and this is life elsewhere dear 
you late today What wheel are you spinning now? By the sweat of your brow Make your bread, make your bread Scan if you can So every written word may be read And never let it be said We know how, yeah, we know how to make it better. Who did you serve today? Who did you help today? Did you serve somebody? Did you help someone come with me? the a2k courtesy of mr barry snaith with do make your bread let's talk about that one barry well the concept of that song actually the song is written by martin 
it's it's written about <laughs> there can't be many songs that are written about this. This is written based on the words of Gandhi. What it really what he's saying is that he believes that everyone should work, everyone should be active, and everyone should make their life worthwhile by doing something for someone or for, for good, let's say for good, um, and not not waste. And so really that's where that's come about. And Marty wrote that wrote the song. And uh, I suppose I could say, and then he left it to me, or I could say, and then I snatched it. Ah, and yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Sort of, and so, the, and then arranged and produced it. But as soon as I heard it, I could hear the finished thing. You know, from a, from a simple, almost folky song, the dynamics of the finished product. And so I think we've done all right with it. I think it's come out pretty well. But yeah, that's the idea of the song. This project, Barry, is this an ongoing idea? It is because because of Carl. Because Carl's never going to stop this. This is his mission in life. This mm. is his all. And so he's never going to stop this. Now, we, we, we've hit on a, a good working relationship and a friend relationship too. Um, between us and so things went so well like I said it initially started as being a one-off piece yeah it's now become um, I think the, the documentary is probably 50 minutes long um, and so this, that's all soundtrack which is Marty and I and a, and a few let's say guests um, in different styles of music but whatever fits the the the, uh, the, the remit um, but yes, it is. So Carl's next, I think maybe his next country will be India. Because for want of a better phrase, Carl's big in India. So um, he, he, I think he wants to work his, his, I don't want to say methods, his magic, work his magic into helping the people of India get access to knowledge. So I believe that is or will be the next project. But yeah, it, this will be an ongoing thing, but that, that's in between all of the other things I'm doing as well. Yes. Where, for example, M1 and K wasn't a project. M1 and K is something that Erica and I will probably be working on the next album in the nearish future, but we've both had to get out our solo ventures first because we've got a lot of music you know i, I, I must stop soundcloud alone i've probably got 100 songs up there and eric eric has done about 15 solo albums herself so you know neither is a, a slouches so i've always got a, a project on the go anyway but they were projects the solo work is that's not a project is it when you're doing things of your own it, that, that's just who you are isn't it so the A2K stuff is a project. So we've really enjoyed doing it as well. It's been a um, very, very interesting and eye-opening um, venture. Let's talk about the documentary. Where can it be seen? Is it available? Give us some details. The documentary will be out on Labor Day. It's going to be available, obviously, online everywhere 
Barry, let's talk in, in general for a moment just about music. And, uh, and, and we touched on this a little while ago about, and, and you mentioned it, about possibly the end of an era. Here you are, as, as you as you so clearly said, you, you hardly ever sleep because you're always making music you, and, and doing, doing creative things. Mm-hmm. For, for Barry Snaith now at this point where you've, you've been in the music business now for, for quite a few years, mm-hmm. is, it an, is it a business or is it an area of creativity? To me, it's an area of creativity. It's a necessity. It's something I'll, I'll always do. Um, I suppose it's like you do what you're doing. That's something that you, you, you love to do. But yes. I'm, compelled, I'm totally compelled to do this. I suppose like anyone who's an artist, you're compelled to do it, aren't you? Even, it, it, you know, a lot of it may never be heard. And a lot of it may never be heard by the general public. But that's not why you do something like this. You do it because it's what pours out. It's your, it's your life. Your life, you know, your life force, and so that's what comes out anyway. Um, so it's it, 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 that's regardless of making lots of money, of, um, of, of success, of even something being heard. Don't we? Do, I think we just do it for ourselves, really. I think mm. you know, people who write or people people who write books and well, write fiction anyway aren't writing it for any other reason than pure creativity. I'm sure some are, aren't they? I'm sure some are calculated. But mm. no. So I, I always have something on the go anyway, whether it be soundscapes for digital fiction or for even for games, or I'm just doing something at the moment for a Buddhist retreat. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, the, and then there's a... Um, an EP of early French chanson that I'm working on that will be coming out at some point, maybe later this year, maybe early next year. It's been something I've been working on for five years, so that's why I'm, I'm not committing myself. Yes. That's kind of almost finished, but the logistics of it have been quite difficult, and I've had lots of other projects in, I don't say in the way, but that have um, put that on the back burner. Is there something lurking around in your brain pan that you haven't done yet that you really, at one, at some point, you'd really like to get to do? Brain pan. Musically, there's something that there's a, there are a couple of things that are ongoing. It's difficult to say something I'd like to do. There's nothing, I haven't got an ambition of wishing I, I, I was working on a certain type of thing because I'd probably just do it. So I'm doing, I am doing some music that goes with virtual reality headsets or App, probably more likely to be apps. So digital work, digital work, it's a digital technology age nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and I think that's to be embraced. That really is, that has to be embraced. But rather embrace it in a way that the digital work can be 
can work in conjunction with the music. So that you don't just have sound, you've got imagery to fill up your brain from. <laughs> you like you like that, don't you? Brain pad. You like yeah. the, you like yeah. Well, that's yeah. something to fill up, and I'm talking about filling up the listener and the viewer's brain pad. Exactly. Music is often now has become a secondary thing. I know, for example, my kids will say, "Ah, oh, I don't know. I might may play. Let's say the Strokes. Let's say um, Radiohead." They say, "Oh, we know that song. Oh, where have you heard that? Man? We heard it on TikTok. No, we saw it on TikTok." Yes. Sorry, yes. Oh, he didn't see it. <laughs> he didn't see that music. Yes. Yes. Music. Um, they only hear a snippet of it, and then that may get re-released, and, and and all of a sudden that's the next thing. But I think it's scary that they just hear a tiny, tiny snippet of this music. So I'd I want to bring in the the visual aspect in conjunction with the music to be one entity. So that's one thing that I'm working on with um, Dreaming Methods, which is the digital design app, Andy Campbell, I've worked on a few things, but we're trying to do it that way around, rather than it be music for digital art, it's digital art for music and vice versa. Or it's one entity, like a gestalt of, 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 of those elements. Um, and then another another thing, and this is this is with Marty actually because he's, he's such a he's got such an amazing voice. Um, we're wanting to a twenty. This this almost sounds like the the realms of prog rock, a twenty five minute piece that's based on um, Christina Rossetti's poem, Goblin Market. Now, Christina Rosetta is the sister Rosetti. Yeah, yeah. Rosetta. Yeah. Um, and so he'd done some illustrations for this poem. But it's kind of it's 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 semi-legendary, but little heard. It's not heard enough. Marty's done a brilliant piece, so we're going to be working on that and maybe see if we can get that heard in other areas than the certainly the rock and pop world because it's not that kind of thing is it and then the other thing is um is i uh, mentioned it earlier on that's the chansons with lucio langelin um, yes amazing french singer. now you've heard these haven't you yes you you sent me you sent me a little sample so yes so don't you I, think I, they're wonderful yes absolutely yes yeah what, you know I'm, I'm i'm just thinking barry that i asked you things that you haven't done yet that, that may be circulating around in your brain pan. I'm now coming to the conclusion that there's not much room left in your brain pan. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. I, I, think there's, I think there's probably not much room left in the brain pan, but once they're out, then the, then the new ones come in, don't they? The new, yes. the new ventures come in. You yeah. must be the same though, Norman, because your show is so constant. And like you were saying, you, you, you read a lot, you listen to music a lot, and then you have to do a sh in a show yeah. or on, on the website um, and get these interviews in as well as all that. So your brain fans pretty full as well, my friend. Unfortunately, Barry, we've got to that point where we have to say thank you very much. Um, it is always a delight talking to you. I, I love your enthusiasm 
not just what you do, but for what I do and for what other people do. It comes across and it's it's very invigorating to be able to to chat to somebody that, that really enjoys what's going on and what other people are doing. I, I, it's, it's just it's wonderful. Really, really enjoy chatting to you. You too, Norman. It keeps us alive, doesn't it? It's what keeps us alive. It sure does. Yes, absolutely. Yes. My guest, Mr. Barry Snaith. You can find his work as uh, the Inconsistent Jukebox. He's also one half of M1NK, and his most recent project is the A2K. If you want more information about Barry's work, go to lifeelsewhere.co. We'll have the links up there. Barry, thank you for joining us at Life Elsewhere. Absolute pleasure. Please put your hands together for a big round of applause for my guest, Barry Snaith. Now, the music you hear in the background is Patience Dub from the LP Apology. And as our last edition of Life Elsewhere was going out, the news came in of the death of reggae legend Lee Scratch Perry. It's almost impossible to recount how important Lee Perry was, not only in reggae music, but all popular music. There's so much to relate about Mr. Perry. And quite simply, the man made over many years groundbreaking music. He was and will remain more influential than perhaps we can assess at this time. Rainford Hugh Perry was born on March the 20th in 1936 in Kendall, Jamaica. He left school at 15 and got into the dance and music scene. He worked for the entrepreneurial wheeler and dealer Coxone Dodd. Their relationship was not a happy one, so Perry found a new home with producer Joe Gibbs. Eventually, Perry set up his own label, Upsetter Records, and from 1968 until 1972, he worked with his studio band, The Upsetters. During the 1970s, Perry released numerous recordings on a variety of record labels that he controlled, and many of his songs were popular in both Jamaica and the United Kingdom. He soon became known for his innovative production techniques, as well as his eccentric character. In 1973, he built his own studio, Black Ark, in his backyard, and he produced notable acts such as Bob Marley and the Wailers, Junior Biles, Junior Mervyn, the Heptones, the Congos, and Max Romeo. He also started the Black Ark label, on which many of the productions from the studio appeared. His story, though, is full of debatable accuracy from then on, but what is a fact is Perry continued making exceptional music. In the 1980s, he began working with British producers Adrian Sherwood and Neil Fraser, better known as Mad Professor. From then on, his reputation grew and grew. Now, I could go on. The fact is, Lee Perry's influence on the music we hear today is massive. Now, I admit, my reggae collection (laughs) fills a warehouse, and the number of Lee Perry records or production I have are, well, yeah, an awful lot. So, to select just one scratch cut is almost impossible. So, 
I've selected one that impressed me when I first bought the 7-inch single in a bicycle shop that also sold Blue Beats and Scar records at the back. This was in 1973. This was in a formidable part of southwest London, dominated by a vast council estate. My US listeners might recognise that as the projects. That single, Bathroom Skank, it does say the upsetter in print and produced by Omar Perry. Well, there's been a number of versions since then, the most recent being 1999 on Perry's Black Art label. Here it is then, possibly not Lee Perry's finest work or most popular, but for me, it conjures up the magic, the essence of what Lee Perry did so well. Thank you for listening. Send me emails. My email address comes up in the closing credits. Until next time, please be well, be safe, and always, you know it costs nothing. Be nice. Bye-bye. Turn on the water, on Martyr. And did this musical sculpture coming from King Toby's headquarter? Shrunk. And to the bathroom skank. Come off your tower this hour. And take a musical shower. What did you say? Grab your towel, matter how. Scrub your bowl, scrub your bowl. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Grab your towel. Scrub your bowl. Say, you got to be clean. Uh-oh. To be on the scene. Grab your rug. Grab your soap, scrub your hand, scrub your face, scrub your side, scrub your back, scrub your front, wash your foot, wash your face.
Rub your face. What did you say? Rub a toe, you Mother, how you Wash your bow, you I wash your bow, Uh-oh. Wash your face. Our two scan and the run. Wash your bowl, wash your hand, and wash your face. Scrub your back, and scrub your front. Say, and around, I do it hard. have been listening to Life Elsewhere, created and hosted by Norman B. Life Elsewhere is written and produced by Norman B. Guest booking and additional research by Stephanie Lane. Behind the scenes assistance by James Van, Bruce Goodman, and Allison Klein. We love to hear what you think about Life Elsewhere. Send your questions, queries, and comments to info at lifeelsewhere.com. Dot co. That's C O. Mm-hmm.